Oscar Poker. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? Do you ever feel feel so paper thin, like a house of cards, one blow from caving in? Do you? Chance for you, cause there's a spark in you. You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. Just on the night, like the fourth of July. Cause baby, you're a firework. Come on, show them why you work. Make them go. Okay, so um, there's a lot to talk about. We're, we've been in Cannes since uh, Tuesday. Uh, this is technically the sixth day, right? Uh, the middle of the sixth day, and it's um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, this is uh, day number six, and there are four days to go for me. No, for five. Well, technically five. Uh, but you're leaving on Thursday, correct? I'm leaving. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. Now, can I ask why you decided to do that? Well, because my daughter's birthday is on the 25th. Oh. I'm sorry, but her birthday's the 25th, and she's leaving for New York that very same day. I have to prepare her to go to New York City for a week. So I have to be back the day before she gets home, you know, before she leaves to pack up her stuff and get her ready. I can't abandon her like that and just say, oh, yeah, okay, off to New York you go. Bye. <laughs> so I'm only going to miss, you know, all the good movies. Yeah. You are. I'm gonna miss Cosmopolis. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cosmopolis is Friday morning. I believe, I'm missing right? Cosmopolis on the road. Oh yeah. The Paperboy and what's the other one? Mud. So you're seeing. You're I'm just... missing Mud. That's the only one significant oh, that I'll be missing. Well, I didn't know they were going to backload it like they did. Usually they only have one movie on the back end that I want to miss. Todd McCarthy was kind of explaining that I really was not paying attention because he says that, that if you look at all the lineups, they've all been had something good the last couple of days. And then I was, I, I, I presumed incorrectly if I thought I was good to go on Friday. I don't know what's wrong with my comprehension, but that's what I thought was the case. Well, the last two years I've been here, there's been only one movie, maybe, like Drive, that I missed, and they put it at the very last day, but they don't usually put all the hot movies. But, I mean, to them, maybe they're not the hot movies because they're American films. Maybe they dumped them at the end because they don't think they're that good. It seems like they put all their really good movies up front, like Gamor and... Um, the, the small comfort that I had from somebody who's seen Mud is, don't sweat it. Yeah. That's what he said. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, you get so caught up in the romance of being the first ones to see these movies, but we're going to have so many chances to see them. They're all going to make the festivals all the time. There's going to be screenings right and left. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the road, Michelle Robertson's handling that. You know how hard it's going to be for me to see that movie? Not hard at all. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. So we'll see them soon enough. It'd be nice to see them here, but I, I don't regret, you know, the movies that I've got to see. They're really good movies. So. So we're seated in a cafe in a little alley on with cobblestone street. And it's drizzling outside, and it feels like Berlin weather-wise. <laughs> it, like, it does. It doesn't feel like Can. That's for sure. <laughs> Usually, it's so sunny and warm, and you're by the ocean. Fairly summery you know. and delightful, and. The, the most inclement type weather that I can recall in the last few years is when it's gotten gusty. Yeah. A couple of times. But otherwise... But gusty is nice. Gusty's okay. Last but night's whipping rain wasn't so nice. That was pretty bad. And how far is your walk from here to oh, I'm your place? Oh, hop, skip, and jump. Oh, you are? You're right I'm there, I'm talking huh? about two minutes away. That's so great. God. It's that's nice. really nice. Very, very happy to be there. And the washing machine, good oh, yeah? Wi-Fi. Great. The yeah. Wi-Fi never goes out. Never. Mine's gone out a couple of times. Hey, did you know Chris was a woman? Who? Chris. Chris. Chris, our Chris. Oh, honestly, I didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry. No. All this time I thought it was a man. Christine. Christine, okay. yeah, she's a woman. She's you married. Met yeah, I met her. She's really nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was funny because we always thought that Christine was a, a guy. So let's uh, condense uh, the... Uh, oh, yeah, we can talk about everything, but why don't you start with the one film that has been the pip for you and explain why, and I'll do mine. Okay, well, I don't have a one film like you do. I mean, I agree One or two you. or three. I have three, and, and they're... I would say the first is um, Rust and Bone, which starring... Um, Marion Cotillard is just incredible in it, and I thought it was a really, really, really good movie, like worthy of best picture quality... Um, it won't get there, obviously, because it's not in English. But And then the second movie would be um, Amour, Michael Haneke's surprising film on love. I mean, I, I never thought I'd ever see a movie by him like that, ever. Extremely well made. He's such a masterful filmmaker. But there's a little thing called subject matter that a lot of people consider. And that is, you can't get around it. It's a factor. And you can't just say, oh, it doesn't matter. You mean you're saying who's going to want to see this movie? Is that you what you kidding? mean? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I'm very glad I saw it, but I don't know how I could see that again. I know. You Although have I a know phobia. It's you have a total phobia. I know you don't want to die and you don't want it to linger. You just want to be like drop dead at your keyboard and that's, that's that. It. That's and right. You don't want to be old. You're like one person I it's know never who does gonna not want to ever be old. Never going to happen. But I don't know. I mean, I, I meditate a lot on life and how long you can live and what the quality of life is like and what love is like. And I just thought he really... And plus, the actors are so good. The guy is so good. Can you just summarize in 50 or 60 words what Amor is about? By the way, do you hear that Amor is not going to be called Love in the States? No, I didn't. Jeff Hill put out a release. It's going to be called Amor, which is nice. Oh, uh, that's smart. They're so smart. That's nice. Otherwise, people will think it's a Peter Max thing. So Jeff Hill <laughs> is Sony, right? Yeah. And he's handling both that and the other one, uh, Rust and Bone. So he's uh, got, yeah. to me, in my mind, he's already got the two best films of the festival. So that's a smart move. Last year it was Weinstein Co., and this year it's Sony. Um, they got the two hot numbers. I think he can take... I think that you can get a Best Actress nomination out of uh, Rust and Bone. Okay, anyway, so okay. My, the third movie I would pick is uh, the Kiarostami movie, which I love, too. As weird as it was, as abrupt as the ending is, boy, did that give you a lot to think about. 
It was so much better than Certified Copy, which so much I couldn't yeah. sit through. It was yeah. a horrible movie. Yeah. A lot of people disagree, but of course. But Guy um, Lodge. But this was just, to me, he did in this movie what he was trying to do in Certified Copy. Yeah. By I creating an alternate agree. universe, but there was enough of a foothold in reality that you could go with what they were trying to do better. Right. So, um, and yeah. I, I know you didn't like The Hunt, but I, I like that too. I thought that was really good. Vinterberg movie, The Hunt. Yes. It was a little bit sort of like linear, one line, that's it. But we have to say what these well. films are about. The Hunt is about a completely innocent, divorced man in his 30s who's accused suddenly by a young girl for the pettiest and most inexplicable of reasons of having shown his willie to her, standing up in attention. And it gets around at the nursery, and then the community knows about it. Before you know it, he is a dead man, as far as this town is concerned. Yeah. Uh, what you want as a, as a watcher of this is you want, obviously, justice to be done, but you also want the guilty, which is, say, every idiot who leaps to the assumption that he's guilty, even though they've known him since high school, since grammar school, you know, old friends. Oh, I'm afraid we do not talk to each other anymore. You're a dead man. You have possibly, quite possibly, I believe my daughter, little kids never fantasize. They never, they always tell the truth like a Supreme Court judge. So therefore, you're a child molester, even though I've known you since we were seven years old. Yeah. What a stupid story. It's, it's not, true, though. It's, it's so not true to life, because that's the one thing, child molestation is the one thing. You know how in the movie he keeps saying children have, she has a wild imagination. Well, the people who have wild imaginations in this are the adults. They're the ones with the sick minds who are imagining all sorts of terrible things. They don't go by truth or evidence or anything. It's all their imagination of what he might have done to these kids. And, um, you know, I, I totally know how that can happen. I've seen it. I worked at elementary schools. I know how hysterical parents get about the littlest things. I also know that little kids like that at that age lie all the time. They don't know the difference between truth and lies at that age. She no matter tells, how much you shame them, punish them, lecture them, they don't know. And they, they will always lie at five years old, for sure. Well, there's this absolute faith that, it, particularly in her father's, her parents' part, that she cannot and no, never has and never will lie. So that's the whole thing. They believe it blocks stock and barrel and everybody else does. Yeah. Plus, she twice, at least in my recollection, says to them, he didn't do anything. I just told a silly story. You just don't want to think about it, they right, say. Right. It's something that you're, you know, you're suppressing it. We understand. This is what you, it's hard for you to think about it. So you're yeah. telling us that he didn't do anything. But we know better. Yeah. The teacher, I thought, was the one who mishandled the whole thing. The school horrible. teacher. She's the one who got things rolling in a really, really bizarre Absolutely way. Absolutely horrible. Without giving him the benefit of the doubt, without, you know, it was just, she brought in that weird guy who questioned the daughter without her parents present, you know, and they, they never asked any probing questions. I was also a little frustrated that it never came out that what had happened between them. I mean, do you think that he never brought it up because he didn't want to blame the kid? Because you know how she gives him that heart and then kisses him on the lips, and he says, he says, no, that's not appropriate for you to kiss me on the lips. That's it's only parents and yeah. 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 And then she gets mad, and that's why she does it because she feels vindictive toward him. Well, you know, the same thing happens in the Crucible with Abigail coming on to John Proctor, and he rejects her, and she gets mad, and she yeah. tells, starts telling lies. Right. 
and the thing ensues. I mean, it's really like the crucible, very right. similar. Yeah, I mentioned that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't make it any. I mean, the, the, the lead performance is astonishing. That guy is so good. Matt Nicholson. Yeah. Who played a villain in the. Was it Casino Royales? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. He really, how funny. Good, but, yeah. That's all the hope he has, this poor guy, in America, just to be the weird villain, the creepy villain. You see uh, an interesting European actor who doesn't look like Gael Garcia Bernal, who is beautiful with his beautiful eyes. If he looks the slightest bit not like Tom Cruise, he's a villain. <laughs> look at that weird face. Let's turn him into the demonic, you know, sadistic uh, murderer of all, you know. Yeah. Americans are so stupid and primitive in their way, in their way of digesting what people are like or vibes, what they look like, you know, the whole thing. Fascinating. And then studios will focus, you know, group and test things so that they can find out what people's weird, irrational aversions are, just like advertising. Right. And that's what, why you get these weird, you know, they don't do that in Europe. They don't sit around focus group. Are they going to like this person, like that person, you know? They don't do that in, in all these films we've been seeing. It's only American films. That's why they're so bland. Yeah. So what about the uh, the no-nos so far? How, what did you think Only of reality? One. The Matteo Jerome. That was okay. You know, everybody seems to, all the fanboys I hear talking, unfortunately, here talking behind me and stuff, they're always going on and on about reality, how that's the only one they liked. And, the um, uh, You have to know what uh, Big Brother is. Have you ever watched Big Brother with your daughter? No, God, no. I know what it is, but I would never watch it. I mean, I, I, I watched it out of curiosity the very first time it ever showed, just to see what it was like. But, I mean, it, it really has taken off. It's huge in Italy, even now. Reality, uh, reality by Matteo Giovanni, who's the one who did Gamora, is about a man who is uh, persuaded, or not for some reason, that he's going to be uh, selected to take part in uh, Big Brother which has a, a, an Italian version, has a British version, and is on American, I don't know how many other countries, but it's a big show. Yeah. And it basically involves people uh, hanging out in the house and you getting to know them. And I don't know what happens. How do you win? Nothing what, happens. Nothing, nothing happens. Nothing. No, I mean, you get, you get, I think it's one of those things where you get booted out somehow. They, they don't like you. It's like the uh, audience, maybe the audience votes, or I can't uh -oh. remember how you get booted out, but it gets down to just like one left, right. I think. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so it becomes a delusional thing. He finally... Whoops, something just happened. No, that's okay. It's just trying to get me to connect. Okay. But. All right. So he gets um, uh, about 65, 70, 75 minute point. That's when he starts losing his mind a little bit. And he just feels that the TV show is sending out scouts and spies to watch him and see if he's really the right caliber. And so he starts changing the way he behaves and, he's, and selling his business. And he feels, count your chickens before they're hatched and all the rest. Oh, God. He's just giving away all of his things outside, dropping them out the window to the Lunacy. floor. See, I didn't believe that anybody would be that stupid. Or that the least, that his wife would go along with it. Why would she go along with the sale of the fish tank? The part that, that she didn't. She didn't go along with it. He just does on his own? Yeah. Remember, she got all mad and left him. But um, the... I thought she got all mad and left him when he gave the stuff away. Yeah. She did. But, you know, they begged him to be on the to audition for the show. He didn't want to do it. He was caught up in his own dumb life. And then all of a sudden, it seems like he's going to get in because he had that long interview. Mm -hmm. And then he starts watching the show. And then he, that's what pulls him in. He mm -hmm. wants so badly to be in that world. Right. Which, you know, 
I don't know why anybody would want to be in the Big Brother world, but he does. He wants to be watched. He wants to be admired, you know, and there's, like, bimbos running around, and yeah. all they do is sit around with no responsibilities and just be funny in front of the camera, you know? So As I wrote, I thought that the much more interesting story would have been about the actual actor's life for having killed somebody in the mid... In uh, 94? That actor did? Yes. The real actor? He got out of jail to do this part. He'll be out next year. He's done a 20-year stretch Are for homicide. Are you kidding? Yeah, sure. The actor that's in Big Brother, this this movie. In Matteo Giron's reality, yes. He's in prison. And he, he was let out why he couldn't come to the press conference. He's in jail, serving out a 20-year stretch for homicide. Oh my God. Somehow they let him out, you know, for this, but he couldn't come to Ken. Why did um, you want him for the part? Uh, so bad. That's a, he, he uses non-actors, but why particularly a guy who's in jail for... I, I don't know the story. It's a fascinating story. But I'd love to know what it is. I would, too. I think that would make a much better movie, or a movie outside the movie. He's 39 years old, so obviously when he was a late teenager, he probably got into... He's from the, the Napoli area, so he probably got in with some wrong people and something happened. Did you see the uh, Alain Rene movie today? Yes, I did. 90-year-old Alain Rene, who That's amazing that affection and respect. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, I want to make a movie when I'm 90 or Me do too. something uh, similar to that when I'm 90. So it's hard to criticize it because of that. Uh, yeah, because I don't want to. I just want to leave it alone. If people like it and find some pleasure and some transcendence or whatever, fine. I just don't want to. I didn't. I'm not going to review it. Yeah, I had to review it, but I didn't want to say it was bad. It's not bad. It's just, uh... Okay. We are pausing for our food. <laughs> for our soup, rather. You know what I'm going to go see at 1.30 if I can? Although that's not likely. No, it's already past 1.30. It's 1.42. Are you talking about today? You don't mean one thirty. I you meant mean to 2:30. say. I'm sorry. I meant to say three thirty. Three thirty. Okay. There's a documentary about Tony Curtis in the Palais Market. I thought that I, I'd watch that for a half hour. So good. How do you get into that? Uh, anybody with a badge can get into a Palais, a market screening. No kidding. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Absolutely. That's what I've been doing. Going to market screenings, or at least checking them, as often as possible, because a lot of times. You don't have to wait for the salad. This was on them, uh, you know, day after screening. You can see it in the market. Oh, cool. Do you, um, do you find that you get in pretty easily? No sweat at all. And they don't, it's not a uh, priority badge thing. If you're badged, you get in and it's your room. Wow, cool. Unless it's something like mud in which you're not allowed to go in. Yeah, why weren't you allowed to go into that? Because it's not very good, probably. I think that's probably the underlying oh, reason. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's fine. No. Okay. <laughs> ah. no, 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 no. Here, we'll squeeze it in. We're recording our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Our podcast. Our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay. you are now on. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bon appétit. Bon appétit. Thank you. Okay, you ready to... You yeah. have to figure that out. Brush that wall, wall. Yeah. Yes. Jeff bread for you. Mm. Yeah. So you just you just dig into that that little pocket thing there. No, mm, I didn't. Oh, so good. It is good, and I just realized this is a really good place. 
and I really walked by here and it's always been crowded and I figured well but it's good mm. I'm glad we discovered this so. it's a little crustini or amazing yeah so how about this whole Ira Park situation on your website I, I only asked him Hi, Tom. Oh, hi, Jeff. How often have you been coming to this place? Uh, first time I've ever been to this place. You know Soccer Stone, Tom Luddy? You know, tell you right. Hi, nice to see you. All right, I'm going to leave that to you to figure out there. Okay. This is really good soup. Mm. I'm really glad you suggested this. It's so good. I want to learn how to make it. It's not minestrone. Beans and various vegetables. Garbanzo beans, white beans. Mm -hmm. Looks like a little bit of pasta. All right. Herb. Oh, good. So does Tom Luddy come here and pick out movies to see? On, on, uh, Would he pick what movies? Does he pick movies for, for Telluride? That's what they're doing, sure. That's the definite thing. He and Gary Meyer. They were with me under the umbrellas last night as we were waiting to get in the Kiarostami. Were you there in the, with the umbrella? Yeah. I'm on your video, actually. I was waving at you like this. You couldn't <laughs> see me. Hala watched your video. Did you just see this tiny <laughs> It was like, no wonder you couldn't see me. <laughs> I was taken by all the umbrellas, you know. I saw you walk up, turn around, turn on your camera, <laughs> film it, and That's then I great. saw him come up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went It's possible. It's good. It's safe. It's safe. Very, very good. good. Thank you. Wow, you're lucky this is right down the street from your house. I'd be here all the time. Is, there's no places near your apartment? I've been doing all my own cooking since oh, I've been here. Nice. So I have a little hot plate. You have a kitchen too. Mm -hmm. yeah. A really nice kitchen. I bet. You got the sweet deal. How much nice do you deal. pay again? Well, this year between three, it's um, sixteen hundred between three, so it's five hundred and something each euros. But that's still pretty good. I'm not going to tell you how much I'm paying. Three thousand dollars. <laughs> That's not too far off. Oh, come on. It's just a studio. 2000 Oh, really? 2000 for one person. And yours is 1600 and it's over here, and it's, like, beautiful. Yeah. Three-story house. And I'm in a tiny little one-room. It's as big as these two tables put together. Really? It's really? It, is it the size of your bedroom from last year in Juan Lapin? The whole apartment. Wow. Kitchen, bathroom, and bed. Yeah. Well, I'm here, you know. Yeah. I'll right. be open that up. Whatever that is. It looks good. So that would be the only one that I would right. say I didn't really like is the Elaine Renee one. But I feel bad saying it like you do because yeah, I massacred it. What about uh, let's briefly do review. Moonrise Kingdom, Wes Anderson movie. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. It's got like sweet and it's salty. Um, okay, yeah, what'd you think of that? It wasn't a bad way to start the festival. <clears throat> I think it was David Pullen who said it was the most Wes Anderson ish movie he's ever Wes has ever made. Oh yeah? I think it's better than his other movies. You think that Moonrise Kingdom is better as an overall thing than Rushmore and Bottle Rocket? Not Bottle Rocket, Rushmore. 
I don't think anything. It's going to be tough to beat Rushmore in my book. I think that's the, the summit so far. Still, I like this one. I didn't like how um, underused uh, Ed Norton was. Like, why have Ed Norton in your movie if you're not going to use him? You know. Right. Yeah. But it's an enjoyable movie. You know. Yeah. Did you go to Antiviral, the Brandon Cronenberg film? What did you think of it? Well, I was shut out of it. Oh. Because uh, buyers rushed into it. That's the Sal Debussy, the one I was trying to get into. And I just haven't tried hard enough because the reaction was um, not too bad. Mixed. But it was mixed. It was and definitely mixed, yeah. And everybody said, you know, boy, the acorn sure doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. The, the conversation I kept hearing was, is he only getting attention because he's David Cronenberg's son, does it stand on its own? Would he be here without David Cronenberg? You know? uh -huh. But a lot of the younger journalists seem to like it. You know, like, they're kind of hard to please, these types. Okay. Because they only really like obscure movies. They don't really like movies that are literal. Okay. And it seems like this year we've got a lot of very traditional um, literal stories. Now, did you see Beasts of the Southern Wild for the first time? I thought that was incredible. What did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was um, everything that everybody has said about it in terms of the the, the visual uh, uh, sense of it. It's very explosive and very imaginative, and it works on a couple of different. It's a it's a you know father daughter mother story. It's this organic wonderland of mush and marsh animals. And, Absolutely. And it's really quite a sensual bath. Uh, uh, but it's um, you know the 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 drinking the. Uh, uh, I didn't find that as interesting. I don't think that drunks are interesting uh, after a while. And there's a lot of rage coming out of her father. Um, but it's relatively minor, what I'm complaining about. Uh, I just didn't well, want to be in that world that much after about an hour. Right. But, but it's... Uh, I, can, I can totally dig it. But what I liked about it was that you don't see a lot of that kind of writing anymore. You see a lot of really PC kind of moralistic writing where everybody gets theirs and yeah. kids don't drink alcohol and parents don't drink and parents don't abuse their kids. Everybody's good and yeah. the bad people go to jail. And, <laughs> but this wasn't so cut and dried. It reminded me of Southern Gothic fiction like Flannery O'Connor where there's an element of the grotesque in there and people are really greatly flawed. And I just was knocked out by the language of it. The writing was insane. When they first introduced the mother character... That whole sequence was just blew my mind. When she walks into the kitchen and the flames and fires start, and she walks by them. That was just so insane. And all from a 23-year-old? Now, how did that happen? Who is from this Brooklyn. guy? It blows my mind, that guy. I never would have ever thought that a kid that young could come up with something that good. I That's part of the fascination, for sure. Yeah. Have you talked to him at all, Jeff? Guess what? Jet's roommates are—they know him. They—they, they, I guess, they're sort of claiming a little more than they would otherwise that he's kind of friendly with them. But they—he's known to my circle, to my son's circle. 
No way. Yeah. Your son should um, interview him. <laughs> Will you eat some of this? Don't let me eat it all, please. Um, your Jet should interview him for your site. I imagine. Um, do you know who's distributing it? Fox Searchlight. Oh, God. Who had a party for That is going to go so far in the Oscar race. You're going to see a nomination for the little girl. Screenplay for sure. I can imagine. I, can I won't be it. surprised if it gets the best picture. It'll be one of the first um, Sundance movies to really do the Oscar movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I can't believe Fox Searchlight has it. Forget it then. It's over. <laughs> that movie's going to do so well. Mm-hmm. You know it'll be a Telluride. Mm-hmm. For sure. Go to Toronto. And the thing about it is that it just knocked me out. I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where at the end, the, the wind was taken out of me. Mm-hmm. I just went... Mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe, and I just had to wait for a minute to breathe again. Um, when she, I don't want to spoil it, but the way it ends, that one scene with the boots that come in and they just bow down to her, you're just like, oh my god! I just, <laughs> I really want to meet this guy. Like, I don't often want to meet filmmakers. I don't care about doing that at all. But this guy, I want to meet. I really want to talk to. They him. had the press conference, didn't they? I don't know. You know, I never get invited to stuff like that. No, the, the press conference inside the palais that anybody can get into. You're a pink now, right? Huh? Aren't you a pink now? No. Or you're a blue? Rub it in, Jeff. I'm a blue. <laughs> <laughs> David Poland's a pink. His first is time he, here. Is he a regular pink or a pink with a yellow dot? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see. I don't think he has a yellow dot. Does the dot make a difference? That's everything, Sasha, because it's like being able to go in like a white. You don't have to wait in line. You go oh, right in. Is that like, oh, really? Pinks don't you don't have, have a, to wait in line? Weren't you waiting in line last night? Well, the nostalgia that she will uh, make you wait if yes, there's a pileup of some sort, like there was with the buyers, or if there's... There, but you go right in with the whites. Send you right in. Is that why they were going... They were dividing the line between orchestra and balcony with the pink well, yeah, I mean, they, but they also, outside the Sal see they have different lines, different waiting rooms, the blues and the, and the regular pinks. Okay. Well, great. That's exciting. So, tonight we're going to supposedly go see, if I can get a nap in, we're going to go see uh, footage from the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, The Master. Yeah. And, um, and Django Unchained. And the David O. Russell. All three movies handled by Weinstein Co. So... Quentin Tarantino, Paul mm-hmm. Thomas Anderson, and David O. Russell, all handled by Weinstein. Company. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We're going to have, like, at least more than one Oscar contender this year. Yeah. Oh, he's, Harvey's really in pretty good pretty good shape. Remember people writing articles about him being on the ropes and finances and all that? Maybe two, what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. But he's made some really smart choices. Mm-hmm. The artist and the king's speech were both incredibly smart. They haven't been very comprehensive here, but no. I believe. <laughs> no, you can't go. How about? Um, oh God, you do! It's two o'clock. Yikes! All right. What about Lawless? What'd you think of that? Lawless. That's, oh. that's the bootlegging movie. The drive-in. Right. I didn't think it was very, you know, <laughs> it can't really compete with the other movies that we've seen, you know. It, um, it was, I liked it a lot in some ways, but it was kind of a mess. I mean, the shootout, the final shootout, movies like that have to have a good shootout scene. Mm-hmm. Like Bonnie and Clyde final shootout is great. Mm-hmm. The Godfather, when um, 
Sonny Corleone gets riddled with bullets. That's great. I mean, you need to have suspense. You need to know exactly where you're going yeah. before you get there. Yeah. And I didn't feel like he did. Like, something was wrong with the script. The, the characters seemed to make a lot of dumb mistakes that they wouldn't have made. Otherwise, it didn't make sense. But, um... The key thing is that they're bootleggers, and what happened is that Shia LaBeouf, wanting very much to impress the girl that he's in love with, decides that he can become the new bootlegging Al Capone, or at least Frank Nitti, or somebody. He, so he, gets, he ties in with Gary Oldman. Oui. So good, thank you. So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and, um... The ticket. Okay. How do you say? Tradition. Tradition. It's ticket in Italian, Italy. Mm -hmm. I forgot to take pictures of our food. The only mm. time I've eaten in a restaurant the whole time I've been here, and I forgot to take pictures. I've been doing baguettes, panini. That's it. I'm yeah. not. I'm not sitting down. I, you know, it feels really good to save money. I have to tell you, I, I brought a bunch of money with me, and then I, I decided I'm not going to spend any money on food. I'm going to cook everything. I'm going to eat fruit. I'm going to eat baguettes, and I have saved so much money. I haven't spent that much at all. And it feels really good to be here and to do that. Yes, it does. You know, especially since I have an apartment. If I was in a hotel, I'd have to be eating out a lot. Good for you and cooking and all that. Nice. Yeah. I have to buy uh, dishwashing detergent. Somehow I have to do that. Oh! <laughs> What do you mean somehow? There's little markets all over the place. I don't know how to do it or where I can fit it in. It's all very tight. I have this, after the Cronenberg thing, I have to come leave and go to the Tony Curtis. And then there's the Studio Babelsberg, which I want to take part in. I get, get there about 3.30 maybe. Wow, busy day, huh? And then there's the Weinstein thing I want to write afterwards. So. so I saw Pete Hammond on the way in, and he told me that at the Majestic, they don't have theater seats. You have to stand around. Is that right? Stand around and schmooze? Um, well, it's not a theater. We're gonna stay. It's going to be a party. But where do they screen it? Like, is it on a big screen? Yeah, it'll be a big screen. You'll stand there with drinking your hand and watch it. Okay. I'm sure that they'll have something to sit on if you want to take it easy. Yeah. It's not going to be a problem. All right. The hotel. Do you think it'll be pretty crowded or not crowded? Yeah, it'll be crowded. Crowded. Be worth it. You gotta see this. You can't not see this stuff. I know. Sharon Waxman, boy, that, she's a tough hombre. <laughs> it took to be a Jeff Watson. You know what she was? Uh, you don't dare say no to Sharon Waxman. <laughs> you know what color she was two years ago? Mm. Yellow. Oh my God, you're kidding. She made herself a pink fast. Or three years ago, something. Not that many years ago. And I was saying, what are you doing with the yellow badge? You're the, the rat. Oh, they, you know. So she... She got up to a pink. She got a pink with a yellow dot. She did not. She is fierce, man. That woman is fierce. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's like, just show up anyway. And I said, I'm not going to show up. She's like, yeah, you just go in there and say. She's like, they're, they're, their publicity is all screwed up. They did just an oversight. They don't Get know what they're doing. Necessarily. I mean, they can make mistakes. Everybody does. It's not a big deal. We're all here in a relatively Thank small you. community of people. No, I don't Nobody, think so. Nobody's going to say anything. Ever. I think it's about... Um, I think it's about uh, Oscar stuff. I don't think they wanted Oscar people there. They don't want? That's what I don't think, no. What does that mean? I, that's what I think it means. Wow, I'm actually down to my last 70 euros. How much do you think it's going to be? Probably 25, well, here it is, 44. So here's 20. There's 50. I'll take your 20. And then do we leave a tip? Uh, not here. 
You sure? It's part of a uh, worked into the bill. That's the French. Really? Yeah. You don't leave even a little bit. Oh. It's not on here. It's always there. No good. Gaston zero. Every place there's always always worked in. That's my understanding. It always has been. Six euro for the water. Gotta go. Alright, are you leaving at 50? Just leaving it? So that is a tip. Well, I mean, um... If you leave it, then that's a tip. I'm, a, I'm already leaving five, because it's like 20 each or something, plus five. Yeah, so that's good. So that's a tip. Alright, alright. It was nice talking with you. Enjoy the rest of your festival. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I will see you, glad we did you later. <laughs> Get back home, okay? We weren't all that comprehensive. Really. No, we weren't, but that's okay. I think it's a good slice of life here. Okay. Alright, talk to you later. <laughs> You've been listening to Oscar Poker from Cannes Film Festival with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. The bumper music today was both in tribute of the movie Rest and Bone, which played here, and the first song, Firework, by Katy Perry and State Trooper by Bruce Springsteen. Thanks for listening. Riding on a wet night Neath the refining gloom Out where the great black rivers flow License registration I ain't got none But I got a clear conscience About the things that I've done Mr. State Trooper, please don't stop me. Please don't stop me. Well, maybe you got a kid. Maybe you got a pretty wife. Well, the only thing that I got It's been bothering me my whole life Mr. State Truman Please don't stop me
I'm being followed. I'm being stalked, folks. It's the fucking love you guy. I pray at night they don't let him into the States. 